Hello, I'm Nina Baxter. And I'm Joe Thompson. And welcome to Rich Pickings. Hello, my friend. Hello and welcome back. We're not going to do that really annoying thing where we say why we've been away and and sorry for being away for a while but um but we kind of are aren't we, we kind of are ve- yeah but we've got a very good reason because it was the Chelsea Flower Show last week <gasps> oh the Chelsea Flower Show yes there's so much to talk about and I think this probably is going to turn out to be a, an episode about our reflections and our takeaways and everything else about Chelsea what do you think I think that would be good. And gardens and plants, which is kind of what we're here gardens for. Gardens and plants. Let's talk about gardens and plants, because this is the time to talk about gardens and plants. Everything is zinging and blooming and my roses are out and I'm looking out of the door of the shed and everything looks fabulous. Um, and it's making me very happy at the moment. How, how things have changed. If you think back to a month ago where we were saying boo, grey, boo, mm. cold and and nature does it for us doesn't it it, it she she he whoever swings into action again the wheel finally of the, year, the wheel of the year keeps on turning and we have green leaves on hedges we have <sighs> flowers in the borders we have pollinators buzzing and we have people who are happy in the warmth yeah. and being outside yeah absolutely what a difference what a difference but so getting to chelsea i think perhaps I'm just going to give a little bit of background because I know most listeners will know who we are and what we do. But in case there's anybody who has been away for years. <laughs> or, or you mean the whole of the rest of the are, world. The whole of the rest of the world. We are garden designers and we met at the Chelsea Flower Show. Yes, um, that would have been, oh, ooh, 13 years ago. Nina, you came up to my garden, came up to me. Came I to did. my garden as well I and said, "Oh, I really like that hot chocolate rose that you've used, and nobody else I've ever nobody else has um, ever grown it, and I've never seen brown plants in in a Chelsea garden before." Well, that's right, and in fact, mine in my garden at the moment because I had just bought one of those, which is why I came to talk to you about it. It's flowering amazingly. There's a picture on my Instagram. It's kind of turned itself into a scandent climber and gone rumbling up through this olive tree. It looks wonderful. It looks but, wonderful. Um, and- and it's not um, hot chocolate for um I don't necessarily think that's the best name for it because it's not no. a hot chocolate colour for anybody who thinks it's going to be dark brown creamy. It's not. It's a kind of, it can be a sort of deep burnt orange in some lights, a kind of deeper kind of amber in other lights, sometimes even looking pale peach in other lights. So whatever it is, it's definitely not hot chocolate. No, in terms no of name, I think it's, but it's a really good rose. It's a really good rose. And it's got a nice scent too. But so just to go back to Chelsea, I that was the year I met you, but that wasn't your first garden, was it? What was your first garden at Chelsea? Ooh, so that was, and for a moment, I did have a bit of a blank. <laughs> <laughs> 2009. So I created a garden for Demelza Hospice. So it was a hospice garden. So even back then, we were making places that and spaces that we would hope that would be a, as well as a garden for the the, the um, patients there, people at the hospice. It would also be a place for staff, for families um, to come and sit and mm. be and and kind of also young, you know, families. So mm. it, it was actually it had outdoor musical instruments. And that was, um, you know, that was, uh, you know, thinking, taking into consideration the the younger members of families or other members of families, you know, that, that might come to to visit this, um, their their relatives at this 
um, children's hospice. And it was a very, yes, it was a very wild garden, but it was a real garden. And I'm really glad to see that that more and more of these these gardens are being made for yeah. community spaces, for, for NHS spaces. Gosh, you've only got to look at what Horatios are doing with their yeah. gardens for the 11, 11 yes. spinal units all over the UK. Yes, and to remind people, Horatios Garden at the Chelsea Flower Show last week won the coveted title of best in show did it not i'm so pleased for them because mm. it's such an extraordinary amazing charity yes. run by the extraordinary chapel family and what they have done and what they've achieved so far is fabulous if you haven't seen the horatio's garden have a look at it go go and search and have a look and more even more importantly have a look you know search horatio's garden itself look at the charity itself and what mm. they do mm. because the, the the fabulous thing about this year's garden at Chelsea designed by Charlotte Harrison Hugo Bug is that it is going to go to the spinal unit at Sheffield and that's just a part of that garden they need funding for for the for the rest of that garden to to kind of just in create that recreate that garden on a larger scale mm. so mm. um I, th- I think that's really important to go and have I think so too and I think that kind of brings up a really really important point which is that The public see these very beautiful spaces, um, but there is a story behind these gardens and there's a reason and there's a brief. So what what did you take away from it last week? Then what messages or new plants or ideas or anything did you take away from Um, it? What did I take away? Well. And I will ask you the same question. Mm. I I was pleased. I don't know about takeaway. You'll notice that um, I actually stopped, I was writing a series on irises that I've used in Chelsea Gardens and how they're a jolly good, a real stalwart for the Chelsea Flower Show. They're brilliant every year. So it's basically which irises I've used in different years. And that's on the mm. on the garden mind. And then I saw the um, the Nurture Landscapes Garden designed by Sarah Price, and I thought, which, which was full of irises. So I thought um, I'd stop that and let everybody enjoy and revel in those irises because yeah. they're very nice irises. it was a very i mean the the, the um color palette is uh quite bewitching isn't it and um i just yeah. yeah the color palette on the whole garden was was very beautiful but you're right yes there are certain plants that are stalwarts of chelsea that everybody uses and you know they're going to be reliable well i mean actually it was wow. a bit of a fingers crossed moment this year wasn't it how cold yes. it was but yeah but, but they, they were came all good. out and yeah. I think they're good for this time of year. They're great in places like you know Italy, France. They're great because they love that free draining mm. soil. And you know, if you've got heavy, heavy, heavy clay and it's a bit wet, don't have irises. Yeah, they're not great. And remember, they're they're a luxury item in terms of their fleetingness, aren't they? So yes, so that's you'd right. have them. So always be thinking about what you'd have to follow them and receive them. I did hear, did you hear though, that the reason they were so good this year was because they had a really baking summer last year, which gave them huge amounts of energy. So that's why they're particularly good. Yeah, their rhizomes like to sunbathe, don't they? They They do. They do. Don't plant deep. Don't plant deep. Those rhizomes, the rhizomes are those sort of knobbly, knobbly bits that look like Jerusalem artichokes, but aren't. Don't try eating one at no, home. No, no, no. But they they need to bake in the sun, don't they? They yeah, they do. They need, and and well, then you you get a much better year the following year. 
what were your takeaways? What were your takeaways from the show? Well, I um, I think I, t- I always love looking at new plants. I loved the new David Austin Rose introdu- introduction, the Danahue. I think that's how you pronounce it. Donahue. Right? Donahue. Pronounce it. Don't, sorry. Because they're named after, okay, did you know it's named after Danny Clark, who is also known as the Black Gardener. And he, I didn't oh, know. I know and... Danny, yes, yes, of course. I got it confused. I thought it was named after Danny What's his name? The the chap on the actor on EastEnders, and I was thinking it, it was a rose <laughs> named after him, Danny Dyer. Danny I Dyer. Like, I said, no. oh, I didn't. I didn't know Danny Dyer was a rose lover. Anyway, it's Danny, <laughs> Danny Clark, but um, actually, Danny is short for Donahue, so his actual name is Donahue, um, but spelt with an A. Don't ask me why. Named after somebody else that's uh, anyway or replaced or something. I don't know. So that's why. But it is a lovely peachy color. It looks oh, like. it's wonderful. Apparently. It's a really healthy, kind of slightly more feminine. Would I say? But definitely, I know I would say feminine. I don't know, but it's kind of like lark ascending, but but just a bit yeah. more pink and rose-like. And the smell is really different. Did you not find it? It was quite fruity. It's quite uh, it's quite strong and fruity. I loved it, and I have already ordered one. In fact. I have not ordered one because if I start ordering roses, I'll never stop. No, I know. I haven't got any room. I mean, I don't know where I'm going to put it. I'm going to have to just try and find space. But um, no, had to have it. <laughs> so, I yes, have... new plants. And one for you, Joe. this year is Astrantia mm. Venice. Yes, I yeah. saw that. Now, did I see? So there was an Astrantia sun. If you've been to Chelsea Flower Show or seen it on the telly you'll know that inside the marquee is where all the nurseries are and there are new nurseries and old nurseries and new exhibits and and exhibits that that, that um that are not the same every year actually you know they're mm, always a little no. bit different but there was an Astrantia nursery that I hadn't seen before and is it was the 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 kind of the the key thing about this nursery is that the plants were grown the Astrantias were all grown heat-free, dare I say, there was something, yeah, yeah, which is really good, and Venice looked lovely, oh, wonderful, really pretty, pretty introduction, so yeah, I'll be trying that, so I think probably, although I loved, I loved all the show gardens, obviously, and in fact, I judged some of them this year, um, I think I just love going around the Great Pavilion and looking at all the plants, the new plants, and basically lusting after them all, basically. Yes, it's kind of oh, plant porn in there, isn't it? In a way. Oh, to have the room to do it. There was a mm. great thing. Now I did pick up their card. There was a great exhibit uh, showing how to grow mushrooms in a kind of like yes. a bag. Yes, fabulous. I think lots of people will be doing that. In fact, I think that was sort of the talk of Chelsea, wasn't it? The mushrooms. I think so. I think that yeah. might be my takeaway because when I describe it like that, you'll probably, you know, people probably imagine kind of like boring old brown things like popping out of the top of a bag. But oh my God, they were works of, na- yeah, <laughs> works they of were. nature. They were works of art within nature. They really yeah. were. They Yeah, it was really, really interesting, wasn't it? A very different exhibit there. Yeah. So I loved it. Yeah. So so thinking about over all the years that you, and all the Chelsea Gardens that you've done and your many gold medals and wonderful things, what do you think would, what would you say your favourite garden was to do? My, of the ones that I've designed and you've, you've yeah. planted? Well, the ones you. that you've designed. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I would, uh, I don't know. I can't, they're all very special in 
different ways. So 2009, this is going to get boring now, isn't it? Because I'm basically going to do a list. And I can remember, basically, I can remember, I can remember each year, generally in life, if you ask me what the weather's like in May, I can go back and tell you basically each May from 2009 onwards. So 2009, we had the Demelza Garden. 2010, I did created a garden for the horticultural therapy charity Thrive, which is where you and I met. Yes, that's right. Because that had hot chocolate and it had brownie sort of peachy irises, a few different irises with a bit of sort of purple, you know, like deep purple irises in there too. So that was the, the irises were the kind of the, 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 the irises and the roses. And you had the lovely prunus cerula, didn't you, in that garden? Yes, yes. And did you, what was it called back then? Was it the sort of, was it the courtyard gods? Oh, urban gardens. That's right. So they were the equivalent of the sanctuary gardens. Yes, that's right. Which are the medium, the mummy bears. So you have the, at Chelsea, you have the, the, the daddy bear and mummy bear and baby bear so the daddy bears are the show gardens the sanctuary gardens are the mummy bears and the baby, baby bears, bears are the balcony balcony and containers are now they, aren't they the baby bears are the all about plants the the balcony and the container gardens yeah. all of those yeah. are the the uh, are them and then so that yeah that one best in it so that would be the equivalent of best sanctuary garden I guess now that's right and yeah. then then what so 2000 2011 I did a, a I I created the stand for the sculptor um oh my god mine's gone black uh, Helen Sinclair um and that was interestingly that's the walls of the sculpt of the trade stand which I have absolutely no photos at all were the same that sort of dusky rosy mm. pink color of the of the nurture landscape so um, rendered um but they were just rendered there wasn't such a beautiful texture as as um as the as the nurture landscape by any means they were just quickly rendered and then painted walls um with kind of like driftwood wood in as in sort of grays and lavenders mm. um on it and then irises again and all irises sort of mulberry colored irises which were fabulous and then after that we had so this is god this is a quick run through so 2000 uh and then 2012 so i'm trying to find the reason i'm doing this run through is trying to decide which one i like like best 2012 we had the um we, we thought, i thought no to the pavilion and had doris the caravan in yeah. there so when we see shepherd's huts and things going now i think no we had a caravan that yes. was the that was the very best and that was a little family garden with a dog kennel i did like so i loved it for that i loved it for the reason that everybody loved it it just made yeah. people smile and come and see it so it that, was a very happy so garden was wasn't it that one yeah um and two yeah, I don't know. So fast forwarding, 2050. So there were about three gardens in between there, but I i wouldn't necessarily, any of them were my favourite. 2015, um, we did the garden with the writer's retreat, this sort of tall mm-hmm. two-storey building overlooking a natural swimming pond. And I loved it because everybody loved it, surrounded by roses and so on. Then uh, the next year we had this community garden, with um, a community rose garden. Kelsey Barracks. Kelsey Barracks. Mm. Which was the first time I seem to remember in ages that anyone had actually done a lawn at Chelsea. Yes, yes. It was an elliptical lawn because Mm. it was a very, you know, in a very sort of smart, um, kind of like sharp shapes to go around um, 
to go so I don't know anyway I'm being boring so I'm going through a list but I would say I don't know probably I would say one of my favorite gardens was no I love them all but 2018 stands out for me in terms of the the colors Mm. I've looked at a lot at the the color palette of that in the gardener's palette book that was published last year Mm -hmm. yes good good um, well done so um brown are is these sort of brown irises and how they work with sort of lavender blues all with this Mm. kind of ethereal mathematically and architecturally produced pavilion Yeah, I love that. I I love that one too. I love that one. I think that one and the caravan one probably I would say my favourites of yours. Definitely. And colour wise also. So that one on the colours, that one and then the 2019 Mm. Wedgwood Garden because of the peaches and the pinks and and which everybody loves. And I think lots of people are now lots of people have taken inspiration from that palette and which is a very good thing. Yeah. Although the garden, yeah, I wouldn't say I think. I was trying to do there with 2019. I, I was going in, I was using more paving than perhaps I would probably use elsewhere. And I think it's not really, whereas the 2018 one was a lot more natural mm, with them mm. looking at stone that we'd all, all the stone came from one place, was quarried from one place, all the materials came from one place. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, the answer is, so in all of that, you asked me a question five minutes ago, but I would say, I don't know really. I don't know because they all have <laughs> so at the end of that there is no conclusion they're just all your no. favorites yeah no I think don't you think though that you know, there is this sort of discussion around whether Chelsea is an is elitist in some way or whether it's for everybody and I sort of look at it like well I suppose I look at it a bit like a fashion show like like you know London Fashion Week for example I don't think many people would look at the stuff that comes down the catwalk and think I'm going to wear that. But over time, things and maybe a sleeve detail or a colour or whatever, they filter down, don't they, to our high streets and then we buy them. And I think it's the same thing with Chelsea Flower Show. This is about pushing the boundaries, doing different things, showing new materials, showing new plants that's incredibly aspirational and that you can go and you can or you don't have to go. You can look at it all on the television because there's so much coverage of it. Then you can you can take away little bits and pieces, can't you? Materials, colours, plants, and then you can put them in your own garden. Yeah, I would say absolutely you can't. So if you're a... If you are a, okay, here we go. If you are a dog owner or cat owner, or you have a young family, you might go to Chelsea and look at any of the gardens and say, well, I can't have any of these at home because I have a dog that is going to run through that or a cat who is going to use that um, sustainable mulch as a as a <laughs> cat litter or children who are going to fall into the ponds or scrape their knees on the boulders and they just want somewhere soft to, to play so totally I I I get that um, I I get that I understand that feedback but as you say that's absolutely not the point of Chelsea the point of Chelsea is to give you little idea you know ideas that you could perhaps use you know just think about using it at home in small areas for example not mowing a bit of your lawn I totally understand that if you have small children you can't let all of the long grass grow to begin with necessarily and have because it would just it would get flattened 
Mm. More than anything, you'll get flattened by children yeah. and yeah. actually by dogs. Um, but you can let little bits of it grow. You can't have all, um, you know, sort of gravel mulch everywhere necessarily, um, which you might have if you are looking at a uh, drought tolerant garden. But you can certainly have it in in certain areas. Again, you know, this is if you have children or dogs, mm. you know, whatever. Mm. So in my own garden, which is not a big garden at all, I do have a gravel area in and I do have in the in the driest area that's gravel and then I do have a bit of a lawn where where the dogs can poodle about and children can hang out and then there is long grass and then there are planting areas but um I'm trying to think about um another trend and other things are designed to to highlight yeah highlight new ways of planting or again we have the the gardens the project giving back gardens which are designed to to highlight charities really mm. so um so yes view it definitely view it as a as a catwalk um but obviously the the you know the message goes far and wide and far and wide people have very different gardens and so on sort of hot dry baked clay which sits like a boggy mass of disgustingness in 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 the winter I probably couldn't have irises I couldn't have a mass of irises but I can certainly create a drier drain section where I could have mm. those yeah for example I'm thinking of you know what the you know with the and and the other thing is you know you're to make you think for example Horatio's garden really did make you think about seeing things from from a you know from a wheelchair height or from yeah bed high and I think you know I look back in the past and and look at you know times when I've watched um people wheelchair users having to say to people so visitors at the show having to wait patiently and then say Mm -hmm. to people excuse me can I get into the front because you know like it's what it's like at the show you know sometimes people attend the crowds are 10 deep and they slowly work their way in but actually this time for example at the Horatio's garden those wheelchair users were able to not only have front row view but they were able to go on actually absolutely properly experience a garden at the show and isn't that brilliant and it is that a a note to people to designers in the future where in the past we might have been told at selection time because the way the show works as you know Nina you sat on selection panels as yes, well yes yes is that you that you're looking at the widths of paths you're saying as a, as on the selection panel, as a member of the selection panel you're feeding back to the designer on their initial submission saying right we think this way will work or we think this is good design or this is maybe a, a feature that you need to think about without designing the garden for them and you know it might have been said to me in the past that a garden a, a path is to wide and if i if i look down at at um the garden that i designed the cool garden at rhs rosemore in devon those paths are deliberately wide and they're made of a permeable but solid surface so that people in wheelchairs can access that garden mm. it's fully mm. accessible and they can wander around it and they can do three point turns and everything else mm. and um without without feeling compromised and, and they get to enjoy the garden and that is exactly what this year's garden Horatio's garden did which was that's right and that should make us think all oh, right this is another long spiel and, but I really yeah. think this you know this should make designers think when they're designing a garden about you know the reality so as not to mislead 
visitors to the show. Yeah, that's right. And in fact, the judges, when they judged that garden, all sat in wheelchairs to experience it from the, le- the correct level. I wondered whether yeah. that would happen. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a really, that's really interesting. But going back to roses, we're talking about these roses right at the very beginning. My rose, I've just had the first rose pop in my garden, which is Gertrude Jekyll. Roses oh. were all through Chelsea, but obviously quite a few of them um, were, um, were brought forward for the show, definitely. Yeah. And um, But then the other thing that is about to pop in my garden are the clematis no I love I love clematis I love clematis but I find them intensely annoying because right, they are the easiest plot for me no no One of the easiest plants to grow yes they are yes I'm gonna tell you the problem with clematis okay all right here's the problem Your with clematis problem. Your no, problem. With no, no, there is a there is a problem with clematis. It's not just me. Right. So clematis are quite a lot of them are quite big plants and you get a huge amount of growth. And it all stems back to one or two teeny tiny weeny stems at the bottom, at the base. Yes, yes, and if those get mullered, let's say, by a passing animal, whatever happens to be crunching through your undergrowth, then the whole plant is the whole of the top growth is gone. Ah, I just think, well, I think that the stems at the base are too flimsy. Yeah, but you know what you're not doing then? What? You shouldn't have just two stems. You should have about seven or eight. All oh, right, well, yeah. however many you there need, are. I'm need, just you saying. Need to, you need to cut them at the beginning because everybody's, they, you get your clematis. We all get our clematis. I've done this. Go, yay, clematis, and it's about to flower, and it's got two flowers, and it is on two stems then, but you need to be brutal. No, oh, no. Cut it I... back when you first... Plant it and not let it flower. But I have I have got clematis that I've been growing for years, and I've got it. I've I've developed nurtured stems over the years, but but I'm afraid they take a long, long time to get to that level where you've actually got some proper stems growing at the bottom. And I can't trust no, my clients takes a to year. do it. it takes ah, a year. Not true. You just cut them back. It is true. You just cut them back at the beginning and then you get loads of stems. You see, this is the... But they're still the weedy. The point is they're tiny and thin stems. Thin stems that can be easily broken by a passing fox. That's my problem. But I love them. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. The the variety, the seasonality, the fact you can get the clematis pretty much flowering the whole year, one of you know, in succession. I had a surprise clematis this year that I planted about six years ago and just wondered why it would never flower and thought that's funny it's evergreen and then it turned out to be one whose name I can't remember now but it is not it is not jingle bells but a bit like jingle bells and the reason that I never saw it flower is it flowers in the winter and I wasn't I was never looking at that uh, of the garden well there are yeah. really, really good but um I the ones I stay away from are the so you have the kind of the group one clematis, right, technical alert, everybody. So you have all sorts of groups of clematis. And essentially, there are kind of the, the ones that sort of boils down to, for me, in the garden, as far as the sort of decorative ones are concerned. And not the Montana. I'm not talking about the Montanas. I'm talking about the, you know, the pretty flowered ones. And so you have the group ones, which are things like the, um, oh, my God, what are they? The um, things like Francis Rivers, Alpina, Rivers, the um, Alpina, Alpina, and um, Macropilata, Macropatala. Okay, that's enough. Which means, yeah, yeah, petals, lots of petals, many petals, 
um shall we go on to latin not yet don't know what let's just swiftly smooth over that one because i don't know what i'm talking about anyway and then the second group (laughs) are those kind of like big you know you see those big ones like well actually don't see them quite as much like the president and Pearl yeah. and they are the temperamental ones. If if you're going to get Clematis Wilt, you're going to get it yeah. on your president. Your yeah. president's going to get Wilt if any Clematis is going to get a Wilt. This and, is true. And Wilt is basically where it just goes and wilts overnight, <laughs> and that's that's no fun, <laughs> is it? So I stay away from those big. I think they call big they call blousy them? ones. Yeah, yeah. dinner plate. I know it's dinner plate, dinner plate dailies, but they've got the same sort of heads. So stay away from those. And then the third group is all your um uh you are your viticella, viticella. yeah so viticella things like um etoile violette yeah. and other ones but uh, also jack manii is in there and um, are the jack are the jack yeah group, group three. three yeah and tangutica okay. they're all group three yes um, so they're mm. the yeah they're, they're the later ones so they are easier, but the yeah the middle ones, as I said, that medium group tend to be the the fuss pots. So I that's why I steer away. Because I think are they mainly hybrids or something? I mean, what's the? They're quite temperamental, aren't they? They could be. Yeah, I don't. I'm just I'm actually just looking it up, and yes, they are. An... <laughs> I'm cheating. <laughs> so that's why we yeah. need to have. We'll we'll have a. Perhaps we should have a sort of a clematis wander around the clematis but well, the first ones now have have gone in my in my garden and which i can see the it's group three that are all waiting to go and yeah. actually in years gone by so back in the day i used to be able to sort of time it so that the first clematis would flower before the first rose and the second one will flower after the first rose and so on and so forth to the end of the season but now everything at 12 violet definitely used to come later now is coming I'd say a yeah. month earlier than definitely, least. yeah. But actually, all the alpinas are, I think, were much earlier this year. They were flowering earlier. Yeah. So we've got a different season going on now. But I mean, yeah, it's happening with everything, isn't it? You can't control it. You just got to go with it, roll with it. But look, I mean, I'm not, I'm not anti. I do love a clematis. Don't get me wrong. I just, I just, it's so depressing when you've got all this top growth and then the stem is broken and the whole oh, thing goes. I feel your pain. But what are you enjoying in the garden? What are you doing right now in your garden? Oh, uh, well, oh, I've, I've... What are you doing? <laughs> what am I not doing? What I'm not doing is what I'm supposed to be doing. I really need to trim my myrtles. Because, <laughs> and, <laughs> because they are now, you know, it's probably about okay now here. I'm in the, I'm in the south of the east. So, you know, it's okay to do that now. We're just about to hit June. We're okay. But and I might lose some flower, but it doesn't matter because they're just getting too big. I need to clip, clip them back. And <laughs> so that's going to happen. I've also got, um, yeah, just sort of cutting back things. What's amazing, don't you find, is that one minute you look out the window and literally the next minute you look out and things are about a foot taller. It's yes. quite astounding at this time of year. It would be good to have a um, whatever it's called. What's it called? What are those cameras called? Time in motion. Stop yeah, time. stop time. Stop, stop motion. Stop that's motion. the one. What yeah. was it called? Stop motion. No, that's animation, isn't it? I know what you mean. Uh, the camera. Yes. That. Anyway. <laughs> that, the, thing, that. The, thing, the thing they use on, on yeah. Life on Earth to that's show the a one. flower yeah. popping, yeah. it would be good. Because they do. It's like you walk out into the mornings. Oh, hello. You've yeah. appeared. Yes. And yes. It's, it's extraordinary. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. That early morning foray. So mm. what I'm doing at, at the moment is, well, it was the joy of getting back 
into the garden, which was very exciting. Back to the garden after a, a couple of weeks away. And um, and also, what I am doing, yes, going out very early in my pyjamas, just seeing what's what's surprised me overnight, yeah. as it were. But the, you know, so the roses pop day by day. Gertrude Jekyll's out. Macmillan Nurse is out. Cecile Brunner, that lovely, mm. rambling, climbing, scrambling little gorgeousness of of tiny little buttonhole buds is out over my arbor over and, your arbor do you still and, have your banksy eye though uh <laughs> when the banksy eye was famous or infamous on my feed and I had to go because we took the oh. um, thing it was climbing up was falling down oh. and there was no way around the fact that we then couldn't put anything else no. there. I can't even begin it's quite vigorous, it isn't it? So it's, it's quite vigorous. vigorous. So one. I'm just enjoying, watch this space for um, photos of a Banksy that are coming oh. in another garden that I made, which um, uh, which was photographed last week. Although I have to say, having said that, I bet the Banksy I had finished then because it's an early race. There was an but early the, one. Yeah. It's a garden full of Benton irises. Mm. And um, by a brilliant bit of serendipity, it was being photographed last week. So I'm looking forward to seeing oh, it would have been perfect. what's going yeah. on there. So yeah. anyway, so going, well, that's what, so what I'm doing is, um, is going out in the morning on the forays yeah. in my pyjamas. What am I not doing? I am still not cutting the long grass in that bit, the bit that that sort of joins the two areas of garden. I've got a mown path through it. And I'm just going to keep that because actually it's still looking great. The dogs haven't rolled in it yet. Mm. And there are camassias and alliums and all sorts coming up in it and buttercups. And the grasses are looking wonderful and it is alive. It's alive as you go down and look, and you do that thing. You know, it's like a sort. I remember that uh, an illustration in my copy of the Borrowers. Do you remember that children's book about? Yeah, those tiny, very tiny much. Yeah, people? tiny people. And there's a picture of a, a boy lying, just lying on his his tummy, just sort of head in his hands, feet sort of kicking in the air behind, <laughs> just watching what's going on. And that's kind of what I feel like doing in that bit, just to borrow a height to see all the. Um, the, all the absolute life that's that's going on in all those all those long bits. So I'm going to leave Lovely. it. I'm going to leave it for a bit longer. I think that's a very good idea. And I have actually I'm bringing back um, Cerinthia this year. Cerinthia, uh, which is a really 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 easy annual to grow, and I found some seed that I'd collected from. I had one in my garden and then it kind of disappeared. And I collected some seed and I just went round the garden, literally just poking poking them into holes in the soil all over and they're all coming up so I'm going to have a whole garden of it at some point they're, they're about um 10 centimeters big and now. did you did you mention that because of wildlife because they because pollinators like yes them. kind of yes and also yes pollinators love them and they're very very pretty and I'm so I'm kind of letting things go a bit and I'm very very pleased to say that my sweet peas which I thought I'd lost entirely because of the slugs they've sort of made a dramatic recovery and you know Brilliant. how they've kind of now pushed up above, so they're sort of out of harm's way. Oh, <laughs> just, well, so I'm really excited news. by that. That yeah. is great yeah. news. And honestly, everyone, we've got so much to talk about. That is going to come next week. We're, we're going to be telling you about Hampton Court. We're going to be telling you about 
about what we're doing in pots? The answer is currently for me, nothing. I'm looking at all my pots which are bare because I haven't had time to do anything about them. And so many more things. What else have we got coming up, Nina? Well, Hampton Court is the big one, isn't it? You are doing a garden there, a wildlife garden, which we can talk about properly next time. And we might even, well, we might even try and get a guest on. What do you think? We might do. We've got a few lined up, haven't we? Yeah. We've also got, we've got a a roundup of the the Chelsea's, the her can't speak anymore. Chelsea Barracks Spring Fair that Mm. I was involved with because of these speakers there, some of the speakers there, Jason, the cloud gardener, who was fab. Theo Fennell, who was wonderful, brilliant as James Alexander Sinclair, who our was lovely friend, wonderful, and getting the both. I think my the dream, the dream podcast would be getting the two of those together, but we'll see. Although, <laughs> and don't forget <laughs> Mark. Mark Giacchino was, was I, another. Yeah, one I was coming on to him Mark, yeah, and. Mark was making the most fabulous cocktails, which we're going to talk about, and Georgie Newbury, who was making fabulous arrangements of flowers. So all so there's a lot. We've got so much. We've got a, a maze worth of podcasts to be coming in June. So let me tell you what my rich pickings are from this week. Okay, so I'm going to take away from the Chelsea Flower Show that I'm going to be more relaxed about some of the weeds in my garden. I'm probably going to let a few dandelions go but I'm not going to let them all go mad that's one thing and I think the second thing is I'm going to be oh I'm just going to give Clematis a proper go and having listened to you and and not get so frustrated by their silly stems good for you so my rich picking is that the whole episode in fact the whole this whole thing has been a rich picking because it was Chelsea and Chelsea itself is one big pot of rich pickings from which we can pluck our pickings that is a fantastic note on which to end i think today so thank you my friend and um thank you for listening and we'll see you next time bye